Howdy doody. Morena, atamaria. Hi to my welcome. Good to see you all this morning. Wow, isn't that awesome this morning? Isn't that worship team just insane? Praise God. I love the, uh, the wider atapu, the Holy Spirit moving through the congregation this morning, the presence of the living God here in a very real and tangible way today. Glory to God. If, if, if I'm not excited, just, just che- excite me, for goodness sake. Wind me up or, or do something. Come on. Glory to God. Wow, what a team. What a great testimonies are coming out. God is impacting people's lives. Georgia came to the Lord about a month ago. And just look at that. Glory to God. People coming to Christ. Come on. We want to see this whole of the Northland just turned upside down for Jesus. Come on. <laughs> God is so good. Grace and favor. We've been had as our subject. You might think it a little bit strange where I head today, but that's all right. I want to bring a contrast, but before we do, we're going to pray. Father God, take these stammering lips, we pray. Move by your spirit, quicken your word, bring it alive to the hearers, Father, we pray. Speak to us from your living word, the eternal word of God. Father, bless today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. I want to bring a contrast between living under the curse and living under grace and favor. Which would you rather do? Live in the old man or live in the new man, the man Christ Jesus? Because that is where grace and favor is. It's in a man, the man Christ Jesus, the anointed one of God. You are the Christ. It was what Peter said, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Where do you spend your time? Abiding in Him, bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life, or living in doubt and fear and caught up in an identity crisis? Feeling there's more, but not ever having that much more in your life. God wants you not to live under a curse. He wants to live under the grace and favor that He has for you in Christ. You know, it all started with an apple. But you know, an interesting thing is, do you know, when, when you have an apple, how does the worm get inside the apple when there's a worm in it? I just found out this this week. Perhaps you might think that the worm burrows in from the outside. Well, it doesn't. Scientists have discovered that the worm comes from the inside. But how does it get there? See, an insect lays an egg in an apple blossom. And it turns into an apple. And then the egg hatches out on the inside. Quite amazing, isn't it? And you know, sin is just like that little worm. The enemy, that little worm, came sneaking through the garden and sowed a seed long ago in the Garden of Eden, in God's creation. And He's sown it on the inside of us, just like in that apple. And the enemy now wants you to start looking within instead of looking away to the cross. Yeah? 
You know, there was this um, businessman that was well known for his ruthlessness, and uh, he once announced to the writer Mark Twain, you know, he reckoned he was going to be all right, you know, he says, before I die, I'm going to make a pilgrimage, and I'm going to go up to the Holy Land, and I'm going to stand on Mount Sinai, and I'm going to quote the Ten Commandments, so I'm going to be all good. And of course, Mark Twain's reply was, why don't you just stay here in Boston and keep them, you know? <laughs> so I thought that was quite, quite hilarious. But you know, when we try to keep the commandments, we put our, we're putting our, ourselves in the, in the place of, of the man under law. And that's what Paul was doing when he, in the New Testament, he spoke of how the law is holy, but he said, I am carnal. He wasn't saying I'm carnal, but he's, he's bringing a, a picture of, 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 of the man under law. He's bringing a whole discussion of the man under law. And he's saying, here I am struggling, and I'm carnal. I'm carnal, fleshly minded. Sold under sin. But he had been saved, he had been redeemed. He wasn't living there, but he's bringing a picture. And so often the enemy wants us to think that is our portion, that is our place. And instead of living under the grace and favor of God, we, in Christ we're living under a curse. And we lose sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking off unto Jesus, Hebrews 12 says, the author and the finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end and everything in between. He is our portion today. God sent His Son to be our salvation. This morning I want to briefly consider the curse of the law the curse removed, and the great substitute, which is Jesus, who removed it. The substitute means the one who took our place, who came under the curse for us, but he removed the curse. He was made a curse for us, and he removed the curse. First of all, the curse of the law. That was the original sin in the Garden of Eden. The worm, the snake came in and got man living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I've never had someone get up and say, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I've never heard another speaker in my life say that. But I really feel in my walk with God that the Holy Spirit has said to me, when we're leaning to our own understanding, and we're not in all our ways acknowledging Him and having our pathway directed by Him that this is exactly where we're feeding from. We become the head of our lives instead of Christ being our head. And our head gets in the way, not submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Christ, leaning to our own understanding, trying to sort out our own problems, worrying about things in life. And believe me, there's plenty to worry about. Believe me, there's no lack of things to be concerned about this morning, my brother and sister. But praise God, we can trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we can acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. All who sin against the law are cursed by the law. Number one. 
A, the, uh, the first thing is, one, the first thing is the curse of the law. But A, the curse is universal, the first thing I want to point out. The curse is universal. It rests upon all the seed of Adam. Everyone, no matter whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, that seed of selfishness, self-centeredness, wanting to control our own destiny is within every child, every little one. That seed, they come under the curse, but Jesus is the answer for all. God gave the law at Mount Sinai. And that day there was thunder and there was lightning. And that day, 3,000 people got destroyed. When Moses came down, he saw that the children of Israel had already broken the law. They set up their own golden calf and were worshipping it. And he threw the law down and it broke. Man broke the law before it even got down the mountain, you could say. And man misunderstood The law was there to show up our lack, to magnify the sin so we'd look away to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Messiah that would come, the promised one of God who would come and take away the sin of the world. Galatians 3 verse 10 says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. If you're trying to keep the law, trying to be a good Christian, trying to do your best, trying to read the Bible, trying to pray, try, and you're not trusting in Jesus and it just flows out naturally, you're putting yourself under a curse. When we're not walking by faith, the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But you mean to say that I don't even need to do something wrong, that I don't even need to do something bad because I am a pretty good person and that even when I'm not walking by faith is sin? But where are you? drawing your strength from if you're not walking by faith. It's not from God. The psalmist said, I'll lift up my eyes unto the hills. Beyond the hills, I'll lift up. From where comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. And so we see that the sentence of death is passed upon all men. You know, in the last couple of months, I've been to a couple of funerals and the body dies and goes into the ground. But praise God, the ones that I took the funeral of, they knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Their soul and their spirit have gone to be with Christ, which is far better. One day their body, the seed that goes back into the ground, will be raised in mortal. This mortal shall put on immortality. Death will be swallowed up in victory. We look forward to that, receiving a glorified body in Christ. So number one, the... Curse is universal. The curse is also just. You say, my, my, sin, my sin is only very small. It's not a big sin. I know lots of people that do much bigger sins than me. It was only very small. Well, then, if it's so small, how small, how little an effort it would have taken to avoid it, which makes it very big. It was only a very small sin and thing in the Garden of Eden. Just taking an apple, come on. What about all the rest of the apple? Come on. You know, like, only small? No wonder it says in the Word, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. It plunged the whole of the human race in, under the curse, falling 
from grace, falling from God's goodness. The big fall came in, the separation from God. Really, the fall, the separation is really here because God's not far from any one of us. He comes so close. He extends His love and mercy and grace to us all and to all those who think they're far away from God. God is here. He's right here. So the curse is a just curse. And its smallness adds to its greatness, the smallness of the sin. But the, sin, the, the curse is also a present curse. In John 3, in verse 18, we read, partway through the verse, but he that believes not is condemned already. What? Yes, the judgment has fallen at the cross. God has judged sin at the flesh in, his, in the flesh in His Son. And those that believe not, it says here, are condemned already because He has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Not, be, not because He sinned. He's condemned already because He doesn't believe. And the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. So people live under the curse, and we, and we, we don't need to walk far out the door or Go far to see the curse all around and the depravity of man and, and the horrible things out there in the world. So terrible. And yet all they need to do is come to Christ, get empowered by His Spirit, empowered by His Word, receive Jesus and have the grace and favor of Almighty God. That's all that needs to happen. And therefore I come to my second point here, the removal of the curse. We spoke of the curse of the law, now the removal of the curse. You know, it's removed in a moment. It's removed in a moment. Jesus said when he was on the cross, it's finished. It is done. And Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In a moment you can reach out and receive Jesus as Lord. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And it's, it's, it only takes a moment to open one's heart, to reach outside of oneself and to believe on, my, rest my all on the Lord Jesus Christ, rather than not trusting and turning over a new leaf or doing my best or adding Jesus to my own life to help me get through and become a better person. I'm better just to receive that eternal life in Him. The curse is removed in a moment. It's a complete removal. When Jesus dealt with the curse, he dealt with it properly. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And the original sin was taken from a tree they weren't allowed to take. And then the Son of God was pinned to a tree because of the curse. And he took the curse of the wrath and judgment of God against sin upon himself so that we might find shelter and safety and salvation in him. Praise God. He is our Savior. A complete removal of the curse. How wonderful. Why do I know it's completely settled? 
Well, the one who settled it is not still hanging on the cross. The one who settled it is not in the tomb. The one who settled it is not just risen and walking around this earth. He's actually been received up in glory. That's our risen, glorified King, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus, the creator and sustainer of all things. What glory. No wonder we get excited here at Excite. What an awesome Lord we serve. What a mighty God we serve. We even sing that. How great. His Spirit flows through us. I love to see Chloe this morning just flowing in the Holy Spirit, leading the worship. Glory to God. Man. Boy, that's good for me. My own daughter. Praise God. I just love the presence and the power. I feel lifted up. I feel encouraged. Build up. It's a complete removal. You know, Satan himself can never rob me of my pardon, of my salvation. Because Christ has gone into heaven itself, right into the holy place, there to appear in the presence of God for me. Maybe I will have doubts. Maybe I will have fears that arise. But the original document is signed and sealed and in heaven. He can't touch it there. Christ himself has gone into heaven there to appear in the presence of God for me. A complete removal of the curse. We spoke of the curse of the Lord, the removal of the curse. Now I want to talk about the great substitute, our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. The one who not only did know sin, he didn't know sin itself. He couldn't sin. We must be careful when we uh, read the Word of God that we come to understand that order of the man that he was. Unlike, I say it reverently, other man, or the man Adam, the man that was of the earth earthy, Yet, he was in the form of a man. He was made in the likeness. See, the scriptures use words like that, the likeness of man. Being found in fashion as a man, as a man, in fashion. But there was a difference. Christ not only didn't sin, he couldn't sin. And he didn't come from the earth earthy like Adam did. He came from heaven. And he comes, and when we receive him, we're receiving a man that is from the glory, a glorified man. Adam was in the garden, but he wasn't a glorified man. He fell. He had the ability to sin. He had the ability to be tempted and to do wrong. But Jesus said when he was here to his disciples, he said, the prince of this world is coming. He came. I'm just, um, this is the uh, amplified, sorry. He came in the garden of Eden, and he had, and he managed to sow that seed of doubt, and he found something in Adam that he could pull on this, like a puppet on the strings, you could say. But he says, the prince of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. To me, I'm glad of that. He was tempted, but he always said, it is written. He went back to the word each time. Even though he was hungry and hadn't eaten anything for 40 days, you could say in, his, in weakness and at man's weakest point, Still wouldn't sin, still wouldn't be tempted, even by the enemy. 
who had done it before, but had only proved the holiness and the righteousness and the glory of our blessed Savior. He was in the beginning with God, the Bible says. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And God came in the form of a man. How could He ever sin against Himself? How could He ever fail? It even said in the Old Testament, He shall not fail, nor lift up, nor cause His voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall He not break, and a smoking flax shall He not quench. He shall not fail. Echoed down through the Old Testament. And so I just love my blessed Savior because He came. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Glory to God. And Peter says in 1 Peter 3 and verse 18, For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. Do you want to come right into the Father's presence this morning? Do you want to come right into the very holy place? the place where there's acceptance and favor. You come as a son, not as a sinner. You come as a saint, right into the holy place, one who has been justified and made holy, one who doesn't fear to enter into the very holiest of all, and you come as a son that receives an inheritance for free. Not as a worker or a slave that is in bondage to serve and has to serve out a sentence, or serve and earn its, their wages, but no, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And His favor and His blessing are upon us. When we receive that man, God delights in us as He delights in His Son, because it's Christ in us, our hope of glory. It's Christ in us, our access into the most holy place. We cannot take anything that defiles into that place. We cannot go there with doubts and fears and the filth of our own failure, but we come in the perfect righteousness of our blessed Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. Romans 5 and 18 says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam, way back in the Garden of Eden, judgment came, or the curse came, to all men, resulting in condemnation. You've ever felt condemned? I have. If we feel less than, and it's all about me, it doesn't take us long to stand in that place of condemnation, resulting in condemnation. One man's offense caused me to feel like that, not mine, but Adam's, way back in the Garden of Eden. It goes on, it says, even so, I'm glad it never stopped there, even so, through one man's righteousness, a righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. That word justification means we've been justified just as though we'd never sinned. Totally made holy, set apart by God, blessed, cleansed by the precious blood of Christ, established in perfect righteousness in Christ. It's the righteousness of a son given to us, and we stand with perfect standing before our God, and we're bold about that. We're proud of ourselves? No. We're proud of Jesus. There's no man like him. No one compares or could even come close with him. Oh, that he would be your portion. That he'd, you'd look to him at all times. Not just on a Sunday morning, but this afternoon, and then tonight, and then tomorrow, 
that you'd be looking to him and your joy would be found in that blessed man, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said long ago, here am I, send me. He was the one that came, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. So how many of you can say uh, today, like Paul the Apostle in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Or one translation says, I live by the faith of. I like that translation. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by his perfect record. He never, his faith never wavered once when he was here. He said, I do always the things that please the Father, and I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I find my peace, my rest, my all in that blessed man and in his finished work. What a substitute. What a blessing. There's no grace or favor for the old man, Adam, The blood wouldn't change his character, but might pay for the sins that he committed so he can go into death and be buried without fearing the wrath and judgment of God falling upon him. But it won't change his character. No amount of the blood of Jesus would change his character within. That's why it took the grave, the burial, for him to go out of sight. And then we come up in newness of life, a new creation, a new man who not only doesn't sin, but cannot sin. I say that reverently. I'm not saying the old man in me, the old Paul never raises his ugly head. I'm not saying that. Sometimes he does, and I reckon myself dead to that man. And I reckon myself alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But my eyes are on the man who not only didn't sin, but couldn't sin. What victory, what freedom, what life, what joy, what peace, what pardon, what power in Jesus This morning, come on. Hallelujah. And you know, there's no condemnation for the new man in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk. We walk in Him. We walk with our God. We lift our eyes beyond the hills. Our help comes from the Lord. Daily He is our portion, our strength, our song, our joy. Salvation from the curse of Adam to the cure of to God's cure in Christ. From the curse to the grace and favour of Almighty God. What favour, what blessing. The work of Christ offers all men not only forgiveness of their sins, but a new identity and a new beginning in Christ. In Christ. Didn't John say, for as many as received Him, To them gave her the right or the power or the authority to become the sons of God or the children of God, even to them who believe on His name. That's what they do. This this group of people that are different from the other groups mentioned in that passage are a people that believe on His name. We are, you and I, are people that believe on His name. That is what we do here at Excite. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We walk in His salvation daily and God knows we need it. God knows we need Him every day. I needed Jesus this week. 
I needed Jesus yesterday. I needed Jesus this morning. I need Him right now and I have Him as my present portion. Hallelujah. What victory and life in Him. And so Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What grace, what favour over us this morning. Wow. Thank you, Father. God is reaching out to us this morning. He wants us just to enjoy that place of perfect peace, pardon, safety, comfort, strength found in Jesus alone. God offers you heaven's best. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, the gift of God. When God gives a gift, I don't know, you might have had your husband buy you a nice ring or a necklace or, or something that cost a lot of money once. Gifts cost a lot of money anyway when you've got a few children at Christmas time, big families. But God, when He gives you a gift, makes sure it's a good gift. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God really does love us. He cares for you this morning. He knows what you're going through. He knows the trials of life that we all have to face. He knows the disappointments, and boy, some of those are hard to take. It's like an arrow or a spear would go right through us almost. And He knows we need to cling to Him by faith. And I just want to share this story in closing because maybe there's someone here who have not yet come to experience uh, the love of God, to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. A while ago, I was um, reading in the news or hearing from somewhere, I think it might have been the news or saw it on the news, about a woman in Australia who accidentally drove her van into a swollen river. And she had her children in the van. And it was only her nine-year-old daughter that escaped and swam to safety to go and uh, call for help. But the mother herself went back to save the children. And she swam down under the water because it was emerged and she swam down into the van to try and save her children. And the policeman was there. I saw this for myself on the news. And he said she was a hero. And then the commentator there asked her, well, why was she a hero? And he said, when the divers went down to retrieve the bodies, they found the woman's little boy in her arms. She was clinging to him and wouldn't separate herself from the boy. She gave her life to be there in those last moments with her son. And you know, the love of God, the love of a woman is a powerful thing when they bring children into this world. But the love of God is even greater. He was the one who created women. He created us. He has emotions that are so powerful, emotions of love. And the hymn writer once said, penned the words many years ago, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It reaches to the highest star and it reaches right down to the lowest hell. And the Father sent His Son to be your Savior. And you have an opportunity this morning to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. To take Him as Lord. Not to say, I'll have Him, but I want me. I'll have Him and me. No, the Father sent the Son to be your Savior. Our life is hid with Christ and God. We must look outside of ourselves. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and you will be saved. And I want to give you an opportunity of that this morning. 
just simply to ask the Lord Jesus into your heart and life, to receive Him. He doesn't want you at this stage, if you don't know Him, to give Him anything. He doesn't want that. He wants, God wants to give you something. You can receive Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as your portion this morning. I encourage you to do that. If you feel that God is speaking to you this morning, and I know He is, and that's you He's speaking to, and you haven't yet trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, put your hand up as we bow our heads. Let's just take time to bow our heads now. And just put your hand up if that's you this morning. The Father gave His Son. Nothing held Him back. Even the horrors of the cross of Calvary. He came and He died for you. If you were the only person in this world today who needed salvation, God would send His Son for you. That is how powerful the almighty love of God is. That is how much He loves you. If that's you, put your hand up this morning. And we want to pray with you. We want to help you and and bear witness with you. And say amen as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. Give you another few moments just for the Spirit of God just to brood over your life and to speak to you this morning. If that's you, if you've never received Jesus as Lord this morning, put your hand up and receive Him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's many in our nation, there's many in Northland who need our Savior, who need the truth. Not some form of it, but God just wants to give people His Son. What a blessed Saviour. What a blessed gift. Let's exalt Him now. Let's stand together and exalt and magnify the Lord again this morning. And if you want prayer this morning, do come down after the service. If you want us to stand with you and believe by faith for something in your life, we look off unto Jesus. We will believe in miracles. God is moving among us for the glory of His name.